he's gay. I mean, he's gay, excuse me, he's blind. If you're at lunch, or if you have no appetite, now is a good time to switch off the radio. It will not be pleasant listening. Welcome to the Lawrence Ross Show. You sound a little taller on radio. A two-hour weekly exploration into the mind of a man who calls it like he sees it, but he can't see his audience. So what if I'm blind? At least I don't have to look at your ugly face. Want to interact with this fool? You need a fucking Call or text the comment line. 813-602-2715. Hope you enjoy the program because no refunds will be issued. Don't write it and we'll do it live! The Lawrence Ross Show. What is happening, ladies and gentlemen? Thank you for tuning in. Hope you all had a good week. Love to hear from you tonight. 813-602-2715. Here we go. I'd like to let that sink in a little bit. Always enjoyed that, man. Always. All right. There we go. That takes care. Hold on. Dang it. There we go. All right. Okay. That takes care of that. Now, uh, the stream right now on uh, the flagship, TF52.com. I imagine that we are on right now. Uh, Hold on. Let me turn this all the way up here. There we go. Crank that up a little bit. There we go. And let's see, are we even on right now? Oh, you know what? We are not on at the moment. I I, I, I I, don't know why. We're not on at the moment, but that's okay. Do a, uh, all right, it's fine. Do a podcast, not a problem. This will be a podcast tonight, ladies and gentlemen, because we're not on any of the affiliates at the moment. Uh, I don't know what happened with Raz. I don't know what happened with... Uh, Radio Chaos, and I sure don't know what happened with uh, NoNameNetwork.net, because I thought I was connected to all three of those, but evidently I'm not connected. I don't know what happened. I honestly don't know. I couldn't tell you, but what I do know is that I got a lot of stuff that I want to talk about tonight, so uh, very excited about this. So, uh, yeah, so thank you, everybody, for checking out the program, and uh, let's see. Huh. Unable to connect to socket, it says. I don't know what happened there. I don't know what happened there, but uh, anyway, you know what? I'll just push on through. Not a problem. It's no big deal. It's not a big deal. Do this. All right. Anyway, let's get back into this. All right. 
Uh, where it? No, no, that's the wrong one. No, no, no. Where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Oh, there it is. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. Good. All right. Want to say thank you to a couple of people out there. No, no. Had the knob turned down. All right. Take two. Thank you to Timothy Maddock out of New York. Tim's an old friend of the family, very nice guy, does a lot of good things for the family. And uh, thank, and also want to say thank you to Tim for buying some merch. Uh, he got a uh, t-shirt with my logo on it, so thank you, man. Greatly appreciate it. Hope that it, uh, you know, ho hope that you like wearing it. Hope that you enjoy it, man, because it's a nice, nice t-shirt, my dude. It's nice, it's comfy, hope you enjoy it. And uh, shout out to... Uh, Travis McClellahan, hopefully I'm saying that right, and uh, thank you to the Prison City Extreme Productions Facebook page. All right, uh, I'm pretty sh I'm pretty sure in a couple of minutes I'm going to get a text message from somebody asking me why am I not online. Well, I don't know why I'm not online because uh, I don't know what happened. I don't know what happened. With the streaming services, ladies and gentlemen, I don't know. I can't tell you. So, this is a podcast for the week. As much as I want to be live, unfortunately, this is out of my control. I'm not an expert on any of this stuff. I don't know how to reroute this, that, and the other. So, we are. So it's not live this week. It is not live, but don't worry. Still doing a show for y'all. Still going to do a show because I, I, I want to do it. Okay. Now, uh, but anyway, I want to say, uh, anyway, yeah, so getting into the uh, personal recap. So, Friday night, basically just hung around and just enjoyed uh, the night. Uh, and uh, then uh, Saturday was about the same. And then Sunday was uh, Valentine's Day. And of which, uh, I wrote a, uh, uh, wrote a Valentine's Day message on my Facebook. And I got it right here. And we go here. Where is it? Oh, here it is right here. And I wrote this message as uh, kind of a way to mock political correctness. And I'll be getting to that later on tonight. And uh, going into... Uh, so here we go. Uh, so the message starts off by me saying, Happy Valentine's Day. Valentine's, I'm sorry. Happy Valentine's Day to all the females in my life. Then I followed it up by saying, I'm sorry. What I meant to say was... And this is what I meant to say in regards to the uh, the uh, the message itself. So here we go. Here's 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 what I here's here's basically a new style message. Stand by. Happy Valentine's Day to every single one of the cisgendered individuals who possess two X chromosomes and who are currently in my gender-specific neutral life because everyone's lives matter equally and nobody should be excluded on this gender-fluid holiday that offers gender-neutral cards, chocolates and flowers, all of which are non-gender-specific, thus they offend absolutely no one simply by existing. So there you go with that, ladies and gentlemen. That, that is, that's the, uh, that, that is, that is, that is, that is basically the mentality, the, the mindset that people have. That is, that seems to be the new mentality that people possess these days, especially a lot of these millennials. And I got something for the millennials a little later on, a little later on this evening. 
I'm sorry, a little later on into this program. So stick around for it because I'm not sure if you're going to enjoy it all that much. <laughs> it, it's going to be pretty brutal. Uh, but yeah, so we did... What the heck was that? <laughs> I just heard some noise and it just... I, I don't know. It just it kind of freaked me out a little bit. But... Uh, the... Okay. So Sunday night... Okay, wait, wait. Let me rewind... Let me rewind the timeline a little bit. So... When I went to Vegas, I uh, asked one of my Uber driver friends to take me to the airport, save me a little bit of money. So the guy's like, all right, sure. So as we were driving to the airport, he was telling me about how a friend of his does a program. I'm like, all right, cool, cool. And uh, he said, what up, Jan, what is this? I'm like, all right, yeah, not a problem. So I liked the little page for it, the Prison City Extreme Productions page, and uh uh, on Super Bowl Sunday, they went live, and I hopped on, and I said hello, and my Uber driver friend was in the background going, hey, man, that's Lawrence, man. He does all these impressions. He's really awesome, man. He's a cool dude. Check him out. So uh, so they did. They're like, all right, cool, cool. This is really cool. So uh, so my friend was like, yeah, man, uh, uh, if you want, you can hang out with us next week. I'm like, yeah, sure, totally. Not to the back. I, my, my, my mindset was, man, I want to hang out with y'all next week because it sounded like they were having fun there they were having snacks talking laughing having a great time so i'm like oh yeah i definitely want to hang out with you guys so like all right yeah totally man so sunday at about 5 30 or so no i'm sorry about like 5 15 5 20 my uber friend pulls up and uh we uh and we we go go over to the uh area we go over uh to this little uh store it's it's like it's like a comic book store and it's uh, really, really good. It, 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 was, it was a lot of fun. And shout out to all the people who were involved with the program. Uh, Cluck the Clown, he's kind of like the host of the show. Uh, Maddie, the camera lady. Uh, there's this guy, Bones, that was there. And they all got a kick out of my impersonations that I did for them. And uh, we basically just stood around, just talked, and had some snacks. And we did like a one-to-five rating system. And we all thought the snacks were pretty good for the most part. Some of the snacks were really good. Some of them were kind of, meh. Some were like, "What the heck is this?" But that that but as as is the case with everything, you know, in life, you know, you're not gonna like everything in life. I, I get it. I mean, you know, it was it was you know, but, but it was a fun experience. It was a fun experience, and it was a great time. Love to do it again. And uh, so that was Sunday. And oh well, another thing I did was I, I texted almost all of my female contacts. And my phone, happy Valentine's Day. Got a couple of responses. So that's kind of nice. Oh, God. What, what is it, Stewie? Look, man, you know, you're such a sap. You know that, man? What, wait a minute. How am I a sap? Because, man, you know, you sent happy Valentine's Day to almost every woman in your phone. Yeah, so? Guys don't do that, man. Well, I do. And I'm a guy. I don't think you're a real guy, man. I think you'd, uh, I, I, I honestly don't do it anymore. Look, dude, just go back to the pantry and just, uh, I don't know, bring me some Pringles if you, uh, if, uh, if you, uh, desire. Yeah, if I desire. Oh, by the way, you got one box of soda left in the refrigerator. So, go easy on the soda. And, okay, what does that mean? Well, 
Well, why don't you, t- why don't you tell the podcast audience what it is that you told me uh, a few minutes ago? Because you because you said what now? Because I'm still trying I'm still trying to wrap my head around this. You said that in five years I would what now? I said that possibly in five years you might piss out a sugar cube. Well, I don't think that's going to happen, man. Well, I think you're going to get diabetes in the next 10 years, man. And you're going to have an insulin pump. Go in India. And you have to check your blood sugar and all this other stuff. And you think you can't get a woman now. Woman is going to laugh at you if you try putting the insulin pump the wrong way, man. Well, I can always get someone to help me out. Well, yeah, but, you know, what if you got to do it yourself? Well, look, dude, just get out of here, all right? Jeez. All right. So, all right. And then uh, Monday was President's Day, which was really cool having that day off. And then I actually, I actually got a couple of days off from work because of the really, really cold weather. So that was, that was, that was, that was a nice little surprise. And uh, so, uh, but that, that gave me a chance to do a couple of things. Like I worked on a couple of new uh, things, uh, some imaging and uh, a brand new bit that's going to be playing in the uh, program a little later on. I hope you guys enjoy it. And uh, well, something else happened, but, but, I'm, but, but it would divert. But if I was to tell the story, it would kind of diverge from what it is. Uh, it would kind of diverge into something else. And I don't want to diverge that quickly, ladies and gentlemen. I'd like to jump into something else here. Been a while since I've done this because he was uh, because uh, he was out of town. But now he's back. And, uh, well, here he is, ladies and gentlemen. Let me, let me just hang on. I, I, I got to, uh, uh, I, I actually, actually have to uh, step away for a little bit. Well, actually, no, I think I'm going to hang out. It, yeah. Yeah, I I, I got to uh, I got to step away for a little bit. Welcome back to the program, ladies and gentlemen. Jim Rome, Jim, how's it going, man? It's going really great, man. How'd you like Tampa? Oh, Tampa was really great. Let me just say, Publix has really good subs. They got really good fried chicken. That they do, Romy. That they do. From Los Angeles, this is the Jim Rome Show on CBS Sports. What is up? It's tremendous Friday, T3. What of you in Los Angeles? I am Jim Rome on the Lawrence Ross Show. You guys had a great couple of weeks. Been watching the talkie clothes. Want to say great times in Tampa. Really great time watching the World. Really good time seeing Tom Brady running it in and being able to win for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on their home turf. First time, first time's ever been done in sports history. Great game. Great game. Now I want to get into this. Got a little sports history. Going into the sports time machine. This is from the movie Miracle. This is uh, Kurt Russell as he plays the coach for the U.S. hockey team. Where is it? All right. And this right here is the speech right here. And this right here. Has got to be one of the greatest motivational speeches ever made, ever. It's a great speech. Back in a second, Clouds. Great moments are born from great opportunity. And that's what you have here tonight, boys. That's what you've earned here tonight. 
we played them ten times, they might win nine. But not this game. Not tonight. Tonight, we skate with them. Tonight, we stay with them. And we shut them down because we can. Tonight, we are the greatest hockey team in the world. You were born to be hockey players. Every one of you. And you were meant to be here tonight. great hockey team the Soviets have. Screw them. This is your time. Now go out there and take it. That is going to be Kurt Russell's greatest performance ever. He did a great job encapsulating the coach of the United States hockey team. And this right here is the actual call from Al Michaels. Wait, where is it on the screen, Travis? Right there, Jim. Yeah. How come I got to jump around? Nope, wrong screen. All right, there it is. All right, here's the call from the great Al Michaels, who I've hung out with Al Michaels many times before. He's a great guy, great get, great guest on the jungle, very smart, great guy. Here he is with the call from 1980, February 22nd. Getting in on the left side. Into the American end, 55 seconds, but Mikhailov has the puck. Mikhailov sweeping in, out in front, backhander goes wide. I think Craig might have got a piece of it. Mikhailov, back out to Billy Legendov. 43 seconds remaining. Morrow, checking to the boards, it comes back to center ice. 38, 37 seconds left in the game. Petrov with it, the Americans on top, 4-3, to three. long shot. Craig able to get a piece of it to sweep it away. 28 seconds. The crowd going insane. Carlemont. Shooting it into the American end again. Morrow is back there. Now Johnson. 19 seconds. Johnson over to Ramsey. Bill Legendov gets checked by Ramsey. McClanahan is there. The puck is still loose. 11 seconds. You've got 10 seconds. The countdown going on right now. Morrow up to Silk. Five seconds left in the game. You believe in That right there Clones. That right there Clones was a great game. Never forget it. Fantastic. All right. Take out some of your emails, your tweets, your texts, all that stuff. Taking a look at some of the stuff, Clones. Some of it's good, some of it's crappy. Let's take a look at it. Dear Ven Smack, I also identify with that dude who ran on the field during the Super Bowl, signed the streak in the race, Steven song the streak. Kyle and Austin. All right, Kyle and Austin, you're blocked. That's going to be one of the dumbest novelty songs ever. And despite what people tell you, despite what Vinyl Guy tells you, it's not good. 
It doesn't sound good on vinyl. It doesn't sound good on CD, on cassette, on 8-track, nor an MP3. It's a dub novelty song about some dude who's running around showing his crank to everybody who passes him by. Had to grow up on that in the 70s. The song stunk back then. And clones, I'm not playing it here because we don't have it in the archives. All right. Move right along. Hey, Romy. I know how to run it back for two times. Well, actually, you know what? That one is... All right, that's Triple U. Fuck! Fuck! He starts writing something else at the bottom here that is just so unintelligible. It is just so unreadable. It's uninspired, and it's unoriginal. So I'm not even going to bother reading it. Not going to give him the time of the day. All right. Here's another one. Hey, Romy. Who do you think dropped the ball more? The Kansas City Chiefs in Super Bowl 55 or or Tom Green on the operating table. All right, you're blocked. Block! Dude had testicular cancer and dude wants to bring that up. Testicular cancer smack will not be tolerated in the jungle. Dude, we got run. That is exactly what will happen to you if, if you try that here. All right. All right, clothes. Well. You know what? I just want to talk to you real quick about Tampa, Florida. Real nice place, but I'll say this. The fried chicken is just fantastic. I, I know I talked about that earlier, but the fried chicken they got at the Publix is just fantastic. It's great. Meanwhile, Jenna had some. And you know what else goes great with the fried chicken at Publix? Here's what else that goes great with the fried chicken at Publix. Clothes. It's the Sapphire Red. The Sapphire Red Club is in full effect. All right. Is it? All right. Well, that's my time. Thanks for checking out Jim Rome Show. All right. Now back to the blind dude. Thank you very much for thank you very much for coming by, man. Really appreciate it. All right, I got. You. Okay, there we go. All right. Now, uh, just so everybody know that uh, current. Well, still unable to connect to the servers. I don't know what happened, and quite frankly, I I'm not sure what I got to do uh, at this current time. I, I I honestly don't know, but uh, I'm hoping to get this resolved, and hopefully, if I can get it, if I'm able to get back on, I want to replay this sometime because I don't want to deprive people of the content. This content that it is that I do on this program. Now, getting into, uh, all right, now I figure, all right, you know, I really don't have anything else other for, for sports. I, I really don't. I, I wish I had more in regards to sports, but, uh, I kind of don't, but at any rate, <clears throat> now, Now, I'm very ambivalent when it comes to this topic because one of my old bits has stirred up some controversy. And I don't know how to truly feel about it. I don't know if I should be honored or if I should be insulted or what. But to rewind the tape, I'm going to go back to uh, 
Well, I'm going to go all the way back to 2010. 2010 in July, audio was released of Mel Gibson screaming at his Russian girlfriend about this, that, and the other, where he said some very despicable things. But from an entertainment standpoint, it was very entertaining. You know, the clips, out of context, unintentionally humorous, in context, very problematic. But that's neither here nor there. So in 2012, I came up with this idea for a bit, Mel Gibson greeting cards, recorded it, and didn't really think all that much of it. And then uh, was going to the archives one day, excuse me, and uh, decided to uh, go through and uh, just uh, listen to it a little bit. And I'm like, eh, you know, it's good, but I think it could have been better. I think the mix, I think the mix could have been a little better. So I decided to re-record it, but I wanted to ask for a little outside assistance. And I was like, okay, well, if if, if there's there's anybody out there who wants to uh, help me out with this bit uh, uh, that I'm working on, uh, let me know. Uh, message me, and we'll go from there. So I go on. Uh, so I did that on Facebook, and I I, I got a volunteer. And she said, yeah, I'll do it. Not a problem. I'm like, all right, great. So we talked on Skype. Everything was good. It was all cordial. Recorded the line in one take. And I explained what the element was. I'd like to stress that again. I explained what this element was to this person. And I think they seemed pretty open to it at the time. At least that's what I thought. So... I go and I make this bit and I play it on the show and I even give them the, and I even inform them that the element in question would be airing on the show for that coming up for that Friday and they were cool with it. So the only other times that I would post this element was say if something in the news came about Mel Gibson or if say it was Valentine's Day. So, it's like a Valentine's Day tradition. I post, I would post the element, and I would always give credit to the person who was involved with it. So, I don't think all that much of it. It was Sunday, and so I posted it to my social media platforms. I don't think all that much of it. Then, Monday afternoon rolls around. I'm doing my laundry, by the way. And, uh, and after this, I want to talk about what what a power outage is like to a blind person. Uh, but any, but so I go and so it's Monday afternoon. I get a message from this person and to paraphrase, they were asking me, why am I, you know, why am I meaning they being associated with such a hateful person, such as Mel Gibson? Why am I being dragged into this? And I explained the situation. I said, well, look, you, I call I was looking for a volunteer on Skype. You at you know you I uh I was looking for a volunteer on social media to record something for this element. You were the first one to say that you would do it and you consented to it and uh that should be that, right? Nope. They write back with, "Well, I'm not cool with it." So I'm like so now at this point, I'm like, all right, fine. What do you want me to do? Want me to delete the thing? And they're right back with, no, I don't want any, no, I don't want any part of it. Thank you. Well, now this leads me with a bit of a dilemma 
bit of a uh, bit of a question, and my question, and the question is, what am I supposed to, as a content creator? What am I supposed to do now? If I collaborate with someone on anything now, for an idea that I have, am I supposed to go through the offering with this person line by line so that they are not, quote unquote, offended by what's in the element? This individual signed up, you know, this individual consented to being in this element. And now, seven years later, they're raising a stink over it. Because just because they said one line in the bit, they automatically think that it's a direct connection to the Mel Gibson tapes, which it's not, and it never was. The point behind that element was kind of twofold. One to have fun with greeting cards. And the other one was to also have fun with the Mel Gibson tapes, but also to satirize his attitude towards women. That was that was the overall point of the offering. Satire, to put ridicule and scorn on whatever the target is. Now... I just don't get it because seven years ago, it was totally fine, but in all fairness, they probably didn't hear the element. So when I reminded them that they consented to this element, they pulled the old card of, oh, I don't remember doing that. Well, I don't have the actual phone call itself, but I do remember that person consent, you know, saying, you know, saying, all right, check one, two on the microphone. All right. What's the line? Okay. The line is this. All right. Record. Uh, all right, we're recording. Boom. Give me the line. All right. Got it. Boom. One take. Hey, thanks. Not a problem. Should be a fun element. This, that, and the other. Now, the table is turned, and I'm the pariah. I'm the bad guy. I'm the asshole, apparently. Really, now? Well, how about this? Get off your high fucking horse. Exactly. Exactly complaining about an element that you consented to you consented to this you said you were cool with this and now now for some reason it's changed i don't get it if you want and if this individual wants no part of it you know what fine next time i play this element which is going to be you know which which i'm going to replay it because i had because uh because I got a good response last week. I'm going to play it again. But from this point on, I'm not going to acknowledge the person who was in this element because if they're going to because they're going to have this attitude, then you know what? There's no point in even mentioning them. There's no point in it. Because that is a very frustrating thing when you try and collaborate with someone and they turn the tables on you and make you look like the fool. This has already happened to me twice at this point, ladies and gentlemen. There was one time, and I'll give you the Reader's Digest version. In November of last year, I wanted to collaborate with someone on this program. We set up a time. We practiced numerous times. And then when the big day came, they were nowhere to be found. Then after the program, they took social media and tried to, and tried to turn the tables on me. Didn't work out for them. 
And all that's explained on the December 4th episode. It's called TLRS, and then it's got the date, and it's called Slandered. So go check that out in the archives if you want to. You, you can get a full update on that. And now, well, here's the Mel Gibson greeting cards bit. Uncensored. Here you go. Fellas, have you given your woman a Valentine's Day greeting card only to get a reaction like this? <sighs> Roses are red, violets are blue. Every time I close my eyes, I think of you. <sighs> Lame. Well, now there's hope. No longer will you have to pick up greeting cards that have sappy, sentimental poetry that goes absolutely nowhere. Check out Hallmark's brand new line of greeting cards written by Mel Gibson. You're my one and only. It's for you I have great lust. I give my life to you forever and ever, as you're the only one that I trust. But you must know that lust is just an anagram for slut. Which is just what you are. So I look at you and I say... Your woman will fall head over heels for Mel Gibson greeting cards. I love everything about you. No one can take your place. You have a sparkling personality and a very lovely face. Yes, I smell of liquor. And yes, I'm looking at your knockers. That's right. You fucking crazy bitch. You need a fucking doctor. Mel Gibson greeting cards are the perfect way to deliver any message. I'm sorry we got divorced. It's not you, it's me. I have a lot of imperfections as you can plainly see. I don't mean to hurt you when I'm drunk and I pull out my gun. God damn it, woman. I'm telling you right now. Give me back my son. What better way to show your woman that you love and care for her with Mel Gibson greeting cards? You're my world. To me, you mean everything. It started out so innocently. Me stuffing dollars in your G-string. I didn't know what true love was. Then I opened up the door. Now I see you for what you are. A fucking heartless. When flowers and chocolates just don't do the job, set the mood right with any one of these lovely messages. I knew from the moment I met you, you were the absolute best. I think about you every day when my heart beats in my chest. I'm being sarcastic, you stupid bitch. You're the absolute worst. And God damn it, remember next time. Words of love and tenderness spoken by one of the sweetest men in all of Hollywood. I'm sorry we had an argument. I don't like it when we fight. I was drunk and disorderly. My actions were not out of spite. I didn't mean to flip my lid when you asked me for the salt. You goddamn cunt. If you get raped by a pack of niggers, it'll be your fault. Mel Gibson greeting cards are the perfect gift. And if you act right now, we'll throw in this bonus Hanukkah set absolutely free. Fuck you! Fuck you! Fuck you! Fuck you! Mel Gibson greeting cards. Get yours today. Mel Gibson greeting cards are illegal in France. Canadian customers will have to pay $5 per card. There it is. Lawrence Ross Show. So... That's basically how I'm going to do it now. Whenever I play that element, I'm just going to say, here's a little bit I did about Mel Gibson. Enjoy it. Because I don't want to deal with this crap of people who are going to collaborate with me and then spin it around and object when my back is turned. I don't have a problem with people objecting to content that I do. I don't have a problem with that. But... If we're collaborating on something, and if you want to object to something, you can, but just do it during the collaboration stage. I have no problem with it. Like, if we're working on something and you say, Lawrence, I don't really like this idea, or hey, man, I got a better idea, okay, I'll work with you on it. 
I will gladly work with anyone in regards to anything that they want to do with me. But what I will not do is put up with people who are going to say, yeah, sure, I'll do it with you, man. But then spin it around and make me, you know, make me look like the bad guy. I'm, I'm not doing that. Not doing it. Uh, wait, hang on, where's my... Uh, I probably should have had this one queued up. I, I, I probably should have had this one uh, racked up in the queue, but I don't. Oh, gosh. Yeah, thank you, Stewie. All right. Uh, oh, oh, I got her here. Yeah. So if, any, so if anyone has that mentality of of you do something with me, and then and then when my back is turned, you have the uh, a different mindset, well, here's something for you. So say goodnight to the bad guy. All right. I want cooperation, folks. Cooperation when we're working on something. We can do that. Then it then it's as good as gold. All right. Now, you know, I, I I would like to play something because this runs in the intro, and I figure, and I figure, and I figure, I'd have some fun with it. But this is an old clip. This is like this is about fifteen years ago, and this clip, it's legendary. It's to the point where. Nobody really know. No one knows. No one truly knows what news station this originated on. But at this stage of the game, finding it out wouldn't really be all that much of. Uh, it wouldn't really be all that. Well, I don't think it would be all that interesting because it doesn't matter where it was from. Funny is funny, and this always cracks me up. <laughs> this this is probably one of the funniest news bloopers ever. And I like it so much, I made it part of the intro. So here is here, here's the whole thing in context. Here we go. Right after the break, we're going to interview Eric Weihenmayer, who climbed the highest mountain in the world, Mount Everest. But he's gay. I mean, he's gay. Excuse me. He's blind. So we'll hear about that coming <laughs> <Okay>. up. <laughs> I am just... And, and, and this question came out... Uh, and, and this question came up amongst me and my friends when the commercial, f- when this first ran. And the question is, how do you get blind and gay mixed up? How does that happen? They are not close to each other at all. They're just not. I mean, it's not like a slip of the tongue. I mean... I'm curious as to how you do that. I mean, I think in the the only aspect that I can think of is that both blind and gay, both of them involve a lot of touching. <laughs> That's the only similarity that I can really think of when it comes to blindness and homosexuality. Other than that, there are two totally different entities. Now, I'm not sure if it would have mattered if the guy was gay, straight, whatever. The dude climbed Mount Everest, okay, great, but throwing that he's blind, okay, that's even cooler. Now, if he was gay, okay, that'd be pretty cool. But if he was blind and gay, then okay, hey, yeah, that that's something for you. There, there's a nice story for everybody. But still, you know, uh, I mean, like, I, I I don't get, I still don't get. After all these years, I don't get how you can. Mix up <laughs> blindness and homosexuality. It's just it, it it's really baffling to me. It really is. It really truly is. Oh, it's wild, is what it is. 
very wild, but it's uh, but it's still one of my favorite news clips. I I, I love it. I love it. <laughs> okay. Uh, let's see. Where's the other thing here? Okay. Now I want to play that now. Let's see. Where's the thing? Okay. All right. Here. Okay. Let's see here. <clears throat> All right. <clears throat> okay. Now, uh, I did get a little sidetracked. I want to talk to you all about something. So, Monday, so Monday afternoon, I'm just sitting around the apartment, just, uh, just, uh, uh, just looking at some stuff, firing off an email, and I send an email, and, and, and I send an email to some, and send this email, and next thing, next thing I know, it says, uh, I get some error message on my screen. I'm like, you know, what the heck's going on here? So. What happened? So, so, uh, so the, uh, um, so turns out the power went out. Now, I generally don't know when the power goes out in the apartment unless, say, I'm watching TV and it just turns off. And some, sometimes the TV could be like, like it could be at a menu with no sound on and I got my headphones in, which is what happened on Monday. And I was wondering, when the power went out, I was wondering, oh, crap, I, I, I know I paid my internet bill this month. What, what happened here? And then I did, what I like to do is I like to do a little test to see if the power is working or not. What I do is I go to the bathroom and I turn on the fan. And when I hear the fan, then I know that the power is off. So what I do, so, so then, so eventually went back on. It was like it was only out for twenty minutes, but still, I mean, power outages really do not negatively impact me. I mean, I get a little nervous sometimes because I think, how long is it going to last? But some, but I'm not all that worried when it comes to a power outage because I'm I'm kind of used to it. The lights being out, and I kind of like to think of myself as kind of like somewhat of a helper in in the situation. I mean, I mean, I've never really have had to. Like, say, hi, everybody, stay close. Follow me. It's never been like that. I've just, I don't know, I've just been there for emotional support. Uh, but, uh, you know, th- these things happen. And in an old building like this, I-, I like to describe it to you. So my apartment, the way it works is, when you come out of the apartment, you can turn right, and that leads to a staircase. But there's a door that's propped open, and that door... It's. I think it's electrically powered because when because whenever the power goes out, that door closes, man, and it does not open. No matter how many times you twist the knob and pull, that door won't open. Even if you try to kick it in, kick kicking kicking it in cop style, that sucker will not move one inch. It goes nowhere, folks. So you just have to contend with it. So, uh, so eventually that door opened. And I had, and so, so I was doing my laundry on Monday. So I go down the steps with the basket. The reason why is because now you're probably wondering why I take the elevator. Well, the elevator in this building is typically very slow. Like you get in the elevator, you hit the buttons to where you want to go, and it takes the doors like thirty to forty-five seconds to close. And it is just it's it's the strangest thing as to why it does it. But still, uh, it uh, it eventually closes and. And and down you go or up you go, but it seems that I find I I find the stairs to be a little bit quicker, even if I'm holding a laundry bag or a laundry basket, I should say. So I go, so I so I go 
So I take my laundry and I go down to the first floor. I take the steps. But what I didn't know, but 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 the thing is that there was another door similar to the door that's at the top of the staircase I was just telling you all about. So that door was closed. So I actually had to take the elevator, oddly enough. And it was, it was, it's very strange to know that the elevator was working after a power outage. And, and I was able to go down the first flight of steps. But the second flight of steps, eh, big blockage right there in the middle of the room. Can't go anywhere. So I had to take the elevator to uh, do my laundry. But still, it's... Uh, you know, hey, it is what it is. You know, it happens. Stuff, Some stuff just happens in life that you can't control. All right. That takes care of that. Moving along now. This is the original song right here. This is, for any of the younger people listening to the show, this is Jim Croce's Bad, Bad Leroy Brown. I'm going to play a little bit. Oh, hang on. Uh, and I'm playing it because I want to... Because I want to make sure that the younger people out there know what it is that I did a parody of. So here's just here's just a sample. Here's just a sample of the song. I'm not gonna play the whole thing. Here's just like I'll 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 do it like they do in radio. When they play a new song, I'll play the first verse in the hook and then I'll cut it off. So here we go. Bad Bad Leroy Brown. Little south side of Chicago is the baddest part of town. All right, so that's the song. And uh, what one to, uh, okay. All right, all right. So, okay, so I played that because I wanted to uh, set this up for everybody. Now, for anybody who may have heard about this, for for anybody, for any of the uh, older generations who might be listening to the uh, program, let me explain what this is all about real quick, and then then I'll play this song that I made. Uh, There's a social media platform called TikTok, And the way it works is you can post these little 10, 15 second videos or sometimes up to a minute. You can post these little videos and they get a lot of views and and, uh, a lot of people like them and uh, they get shared all across the web and all that stuff. So there's a user on there. Her name's Tessica Brown. And if you Google search her, she's known as Gorilla Glue Girl. Uh, She was doing her hair one day and she put Gorilla Glue in it, and it messed her hair up and all this other stuff, and uh, so she suddenly got famous for it. And I wasn't thinking about doing anything with this with this uh, story, but then I decided, eh, you know, her name's Tessica Brown. All I could think is, you know, bad, bad Leroy Brown. And so I, I made this on Tuesday, and this was probably the toughest bit for me to make because I could only think of two I could only think of so many lines for this song because I didn't want to beat it into the ground but so trying to find trying to properly match up the music 
from one part of the song all the way over to practically almost the end of the song, it took a lot of replaying, a lot of having to listen to the track over and over again, making making sure it sounded seamless. And I bring to you now, ladies and gentlemen, the Tesca Brown song. It's it's simply known as Tesca Brown song, and here it is. Hope you enjoy it. After I do my hair, to keep it all in place, I use the got to be glue spray. But after I didn't have any more of that, I'm running all over trying to figure out something. And when I went past the refrigerator, it was right there. Well, on TikTok, there's a user who's nothing but a fucking clown. Gorilla glue in her hair, fucked up beyond repair. And her name's Tessica Brown. Now, Tessica, she's a phony. I think she got too much support. She's just a careless schmuck. I just don't give a fuck. I think she's an attention whore. Well, she's fucked. Tessica Brown Just another no talent clown Wanna smash my iPhone screen Only looking for her 15 Now Tessica has an agent She got famous for being a fool Now I'm not saying she's ugly But holy gee she Keep her out of the damn gene pool But she's fucking Tessica Brown just another no talent clown Wanna smash my iPhone screen Only looking for her 15 Well she's fucking Tessica Brown Just another no talent clown Wanna smash my iPhone screen Only looking for her 15 I wanna smash my iPhone screen Only looking for her 15 is that a hair gel? Yeah. I just ran out. And combed your hair with a cock. There it is. That is the brand new Tesca Brown song. Hope you guys enjoyed it. And uh, that clip at the end, by the way, is, well, just to explain all the clips in that song, the first clip was of Tesca herself talking about her situation, and of which I'd like to give you my take on it right now. And my take is as follows, and, I, I, and, and I've heard that she's suing a blogger because the blogger claimed that she lied about what she did. I'm going to go one step further. I think she intentionally did this just so she could get her 15 minutes of fame, like I say in the song. That is exactly the way I feel. I think she intentionally did this so that she could become famous, so that she could be another one of these people who got famous for doing nothing all that exciting. If you want to become famous, hey, go ahead. More power to you. But at least try and be creative with it. You know, come up with your own, you know, your own thing, you know. Like, even if it's you covering a song, you know, you can become famous from that. Not a problem. But if you just plop Gorilla Glue on your dome and it becomes a big thing, I don't think that deserves any sort of fame, nor do I think she should get any sympathy for it. How many times have you heard or read a news story about these people who inadvertently uh, reach for, say, like the Visine? They think it's like an eye drop thing, and then they accidentally put glue in there, super glue in their eyes, and they super glue their eyes shut. That's happened. That's happened a few times over the years, but I've never heard of anybody 
suing, you know, or like, you know, get, get, getting a big, you know, getting a big donation out of it or getting a big payday out of it or getting an agent out of it. Cause that, that, that's the thing that really drove me nuts. I, when, when I read that she had an agent, I decided to, uh, pen that last line about her having an agent and, and in regards to her being ugly, I still stand by that and keep her out of the gene pool. Well, she said that she was waiting for her son, but I cut that part out because it wasn't, uh, uh, because, because it wasn't fitting into the length of the song. And I, 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 tr- I tried it when I, when I do the, when I do these things, I try and, uh, edit the clips to where it's to like a certain point, I guess you could say to, to where it's, it's all about timing basically. So there's, there's a lot of timing got to deal with. So hope you guys enjoyed that. And, uh, the other, the other the other clips in there were of uh well at the end uh that was the scene from there's something about Mary uh where Ben Stiller sees Cameron where Cameron Diaz is uh, uh where where Mary played by Cameron Diaz goes to visit Ben Stiller's character and he just got finished masturbating and she sees him in his current state and that was the infamous you know is that hair gel scene and that drop at the end of the guy going, you combed your hair with a cock that's from this ventriloquism act, Otto and George, who the guy who did the act was very funny, man. Otto Peterson, check him out. Very funny guy. I actually have a clip of him that's also relevant to something uh, that I'm going to be talking about in the second part of the program, which I'm going to uh, kick off right now. And ladies and gentlemen, you're going to hear for the very first time some brand new imaging and I kind of wish that we were live so that you could hear it live, but if you're listening on the podcast, hey, you get to hear it either way. So here it is. So I'll be back in about, oh, I'd say maybe four and a half, five minutes, I'd say, with uh, more stuff. On the other side, I got uh, a th- uh, some facts about George Washington. And uh, let's see, George White, let's see. Here's what I got coming up for the second part of the program. So I hope you stay tuned. I got some commentary on Larry Flint. I've got karaoke and some facts about George Washington and the passing of radio host Rush Limbaugh. Back after this, it's the Lawrence Ross Show. Thanks for listening. You're listening. Nope. Stand by. I know my thing turned up. Take two. This is the Lawrence Ross Show. Back in a few. Thank you for listening, everybody. You're listening to a show hosted by a man with a face for radio. His disgusting, repulsive physical condition will be enough to convince you to stay sober. But he does have a very passionate personality. That man insults me. The Lawrence Ross Show will continue after this. Can I help you? Yeah, is this the restaurant? Yes, it is. Yeah, I was there a little while ago with my wife. Uh-huh. And we ate some of them fava beans. They got me fucking awful sick there, Charlie. What fava beans? You made me some fava beans there with the uh, the little wacky uh, the bread that you got there. You got me sick as a dog. Where, which, where, are, you, where, where are you sitting, sir? What? Where, where are you sitting? I was sitting out there by the front there. You know, I got really sick from that shit. I ought to split your nuts from your head to the back of your ass. No, 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 no nothing happened. Nobody ordered fava beans. I didn't serve fava beans. I got fava beans. They got them all over coming out my ass backwards now. I'm sick like a fucking animal over here. Fava bean and what? You got my wife fucking laying in a fucking bowl of piss over here, fucking puking up shit. Where, 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 where are you talking about, sir? What are you... Look, you jerky little ass. I ought to split your nuts off the side of your face. What, what uh, did you order? What did you order? Sir? I told you I ordered those fava beans over there. You got them things fucking stinking up the house now. Just fava beans? 
Yeah, the fava beans with all that silly little juice on there, you fucking wacky ass. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't serve any fava beans there. All right, you're angry me now. Maybe I ought to come down here and fucking make you eat, eat your fucking excuse shoe. Me, excuse me, I didn't serve any fava beans today. Just tell me where you were sitting. All right, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'm going to come down here. I'm going to stuff your shoes. Look, you got the restaurant? Yes. I'll come down and make you eat your fucking excuse shoe. Me, I'm sick like a fucking idiot over here. No, nothing happened. The farming uh, is good. Everything is good. Nobody. Oh, uh, all right there. Let's see how good it is. Uh, I'll see you later, there, Charlie. Chewing on a piece of grass, walking down the road. People say this town don't look good in the snow. You don't care, I know. Venture Highway in the sunshine, where the days are longer, the nights are stronger than moonshine. Of the show has returned after eating some pizza rolls. Eat. 
trying to book someone famous for the show. Bullshit! Or he's probably on social media pining for his audience. Ah, boo-hoo! Want to interact with this guy? Call or text 813-602-2715. Please check the number and try your call again. This is the Lawrence Ross Show. Podcast. Hope y'all are enjoying it thus far. Hey, I want to say thank you to uh, Terry out of Tampa. Last week, I gave her a shout out at the beginning of the program, and at the end of the program, about 20 minutes after the show aired, when we were actually live, or when I was live, actually, I should say, I got a nice email from Terry saying, "Hey, thank you for the kind words. Really enjoy your program. I'm definitely gonna spread the word." So. Thank you, Terry. Really appreciate it. All right. Now, I want to talk about this real quick. Um, Politics and hypocrisy. Two things that always seem to go together. The now, let me just preface this. Because I feel, even though I don't necessarily need to, I almost feel as if I'm somewhat obligated to do so because if I don't, then if somebody hears this out of context, then that's going to be spun into he's saying sexist things about women And all that stuff, which I'm not. Believe me. Let me just make this abundantly clear. I have no issue whatsoever with women in politics. Women in power. If you're a woman and you're going to wield that power, if you have an ambition in life, if you want to run for Senate, run for Congress, run for whatever office you want to run for, hey, more power to you. If you're good at your job, great. But if you're a fool, you're going to be called out as such. Such as uh, Tampa's mayor, Jane Castor. Now, let me just also preface this. That it does not matter to me what your orientation is. If you act like a fool, I'm going to call you out as such. Now, Jane Castor, she is a lesbian. And at one time, she was the chief of police. Now she's mayor of Tampa. And a couple of weeks ago, when the Buccaneers won the Super Bowl, she was totally fine with the boat parade. A lot of people there, not wearing masks, just having a great time because Florida, for some reason, has relaxed itself and has gone through phase three, evidently. And now they're, I'm not, I honestly don't know why they're doing that. I, I, I honestly don't know why that's the case. Uh, because who knows where somebody could be coming from and there could be a, uh, you know, this could, this could continue on and on, but still, 
Uh, she was cool with that, but the Gasparilla Parade, oh no, we can't have that. Nope, nope, not doing that. So what side is this individual on? I mean, you can't have a boat parade and then just cancel the Gasparilla Parade like that. Either have the boat parade and have Gasparilla or don't have the boat parade. Don't have the boat parade and don't have Gasparilla. You can't have one and then not have the other. Which side, again, what side is this individual on? I honestly don't know. I do not know, folks. I don't know. And not, not another thing I want to talk about real quick, and because I want to play this. This is, an old, this, this is another old bit that I did. Which had uh, no other collaborators. No other collaborators, by the way. Um, it seems that now, for some reason, I don't know why this has happened, but it seems that now people are deriding David Letterman and they describe an interview he did with Paris Hilton in 2007 as disgusting. This is just fake outrage fake outrage trying to get i think they're trying to get david letterman canceled they're trying to you know they're trying to put cancel culture on him because they found his interview with paris hilton to be so disgusting keep in mind these are the exact same people who if you even say woman or man or anything like that to them they hit the ceiling they glare at you as if you just told them that you're going to kill everybody in their family and they look at you with such disdain and vitriol and they scold you and again the fake outrage because they go oh my god this gracious i can't believe you said woman you are a sexist animal you must use Gender-neutral specific pronouns to describe this individual. You now must say, the individual who identifies as having two X chromosomes, that is the correct vernacular you will use when you are around, when you are around us. These are the social justice warriors, folks. These are the people who, if you even make a joke in their general direction, they jump on you. They will scream at you about violating a safe space. Oh, but wait a minute. Here's something. Violate. According to a social justice warrior, isn't that some sort of rape culture appropriation sort of thing? Because violate applies rape and it could trigger someone who went through rape, according to them. So that's basically what we're dealing with here. A bunch of sensitive millennials. That is exactly what we are overrun with as a country today. A bunch of sensitive millennials who were brought up on the participation trophy. That is what they have. And that's all they know, basically. The participation trophy, they don't know anything else in regards to, like, the thrill of victory, the agony of defeat. No, they don't know that because they go to sporting events where they don't keep score, everybody wins, everybody gets a trophy. And they don't know it, but it's going to psychologic but but it's going to psychologically screw them up and they're not going to be able to have a normal relationship because it seems as if 
almost everywhere they go, they try and push their agenda on people, and they are met with a lot of resistance. And you know what? Good. Good. Because you know what? I used to somewhat be a member of this language police, but it wasn't. But when I was nine years old, I didn't know what a microaggression was. I didn't know what micromanaging was. I didn't know what gender neutral specific pronouns were. I didn't know what gender fluid sexual orientation, sexual identification was. Because those words didn't exist back then. The only the only thing I was a language police person on was if if was if somebody in my house cursed and I was the first to jump on them. Say you're sorry. Say you're sorry. And looking back on it now, that was probably one of the most annoying fucking things I could have done. And I am happy as hell that I broke the mold. I am happy that I grew out of that pussified attitude. I am so fucking happy that I broke through that wall. Because I'll never forget one time, because I'll never forget the very first time that I cursed in front of my parents, it was a laugh riot. Looking back on it now, oh gosh, it's probably one of the funniest fucking stories that uh, anyone in my family remembers, and I'll gladly tell that story right now. So it's December 7th, 1996. I'm like nine years old at this point, and we're all watching this local game show on on the local NBC affiliate. And the way it worked was, it, it was sponsored by the Florida Lottery. And the way this game show would work was they 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 had uh, all these little fun little these fun little mini games and stuff and if and if and if and if you if you won the game then you got you know this prize you know whatever the prize was and the last last game of the night it was it, it was these two contestants this one guy who he was on a winning streak and he was doing really good and there was this and there was this female contestant and she was doing okay and the way it worked was uh, you had to go across this like. I think I'm right. I think it was like a bridge of some sort. She had to go across a bridge, kind of, and if, but the bridge would be set with various booby traps, like 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 steps on the booby traps, kind of. So, so so if so if, so if you so if you hit so so the contestant would stand on this one spot of the bridge, and the other contestant would hit the remote control, and if the contestant got three booby strike, uh, not three booby strike. <laughs> Three booby trap steps. That means game over, and the contestant with the remote would win. Well, well, this, well, this, well, this poor woman. She was on her second strike, and it just happened. And so, so it's so it's looking like the game's almost over, which which it kind of was, I guess, for time constraints. Or maybe, I, I'm not sure exactly what it was, but game's almost over, and so. So I go, so I meant to say, she's hit. So, so I meant to go, oh, she's hit. It's over, man. Game over. She's hit. She's hit. But it came out as, he's shit. He's shit. And I said it just like that. But except I was nine years old, and so I had a little bit of a, you know, you know, my voice is a little bit higher back then. But so I do that just like, Lot as humanly possible, not because not not because I was mad at the guy or anything. Just like I don't know, I was I was just I was I was really into the game and I was going, oh, he shit, he shit, and then all of a sudden, what happens? The poor you know the poor contestant gets the third you know you know get gets 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 the third booby trap step, game over. The other contestants I don't know doing a victory dance. He's celebrating. My dad is on the couch laughing his head off hysterically. He thinks it's the funniest thing he's ever heard. 
and I'm covering his mouth because, like, I don't know. I guess I was afraid that he would start saying it, or I don't know. And it's just like, I don't know. It's just, I don't know. It's like, it was a Freudian slip. And then it's just like, I don't know. It just, it, it just, it went away. I mean, like, it, it, it wasn't like one of those households where, where I had to put money in the swear jar. That's the thing I want to talk about, too. You know what? Fuck the swear jar, okay? Fuck the swear jar. All that does is just promote censorship, stifling language, and making people pay if they say fuck or shit. I never had a, you know what, we never had a swear jar in my house. They had me trying to be Mr. Federal Communications Commission, ooh, don't say that word, but, uh, then uh, when I then after high school orientation, I just announced to my mom and dad as we're driving home, and I say, "Hey, since I'm going to high school, I'm going to start using more colorful language." And the reaction was, "Hey, fine with us? <laughs> Do we give a fuck? No, <laughs> we don't." <laughs> and after I started just like letting it fly, I'm just like, "Fuck, this is fucking liberating as fuck. <laughs> this is great. This is fun. Gotta know one to use it though." Gonna know when to use it, you know. You know, get a, you know, you gotta mind your P's and Q's in certain social situations. I get it. But hey, it's fucking liberating, I'll tell you that much. But this is, anyway, getting back to this. This is, this is a bit that I did about, uh, anyway, yeah. Anyway, getting back to this bit here. This is about uh, sensitive millennials, and uh, hope you enjoy it. If you were born between 1982 and 2004, Wait, hang on, restart. Take two. If you were born between 1982 and 2004, then society says you are a millennial. You understand technology, and you utilize social media on a daily basis. But there are some people in your circle who are just too sensitive. There's a possibility they might have. SMS, not short messaging services, but rather sensitive millennial syndrome. Every day, one out of every six millennials gets SMS. Here are just a few of the side effects. If you've ever received a participation trophy for the most meaningless activity, if you've ever raised holy hell at your local Starbucks because your barista put too much ice in your drink, prompting you to say this. If the following words make you tear up in the slightest manner. You lost, Bobby. Or if you've ever gotten mad at somebody for using the term orient and or oriental. To learn more about this disorder, please visit any college campus of your choosing. Look for the students who are protesting the arrival of a comedian because they feel that he or she's latest fat chick blowjob joke not only marginalizes and micromanages the role of women in our society, but also has a lot of fat shaming and body shaming references. Lame motherfuckers. Sensitive millennial syndrome. The only cure is to butch the fuck up. The Lawrence Ross Show. How's it going, everybody? And, uh... I got an update from uh, Sean Raspatello. We should be uh, should be good now, so I'm just uh, hitting the button here. We should be live. Should be live. All right. Yeah, we are live, baby. And just so everybody know that since the issue has been resolved... Wait, hold up for just one second, ladies and gentlemen, because I got to... Uh, hold on. I have to... Uh, hang on. I got to do something here real quick. 
So let me just get some music real quick. Okay, stand by because I want to hang on. There's there's something I got to do real quick. It's something that I got I got to do this off the air real quick, and then I'll come back to you shortly. So stand by. All right, there we go. All right, back. Okay, back live. Okay, now, ladies and gentlemen, since I am now live on the network, I'd like to announce that tomorrow afternoon at 1 p.m. Kansas time, 12 o'clock, high noon tomorrow for all you got for, yeah, yeah, no, 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 wait, no, 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 I take that back, 11 a.m. Kansas time, Noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific. I'm going to replay this episode. So you'll be able to hear it somewhat live in, in like a Memorex kind of a deal. Memorex kind of a deal. But uh, that is, uh, so that's that. So so don't worry. So don't worry. You will have something to listen to this week. It's going to be at, as I say, 12 noon tomorrow, Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific. But uh, you'll also be able to hear this in the uh, podcast as well. So it'll always be here for you. All right. Now, uh, let's see. What else do I got? Okay, so let's see. I did that. Okay, let's see. I cleared that off. Let's see. It's 7. Okay, it's 7.19. Okay, I'm sorry. It's 8.19 now. Let me do. Okay. Okay. Right, I'm going to do the uh, Margaritaville karaoke right now because this coming... because Well, I saw something today on the Sirius XM app that said it's Margaritaville Day, but I thought it was the 22nd of February. But nevertheless, hey, we got Margaritaville Day coming up. Might as well do Margaritaville by Jimmy Buffett to a little karaoke for y'all. And, well, here we go. Oh, wait a second. Ah, yeah, Stewie, what do you want, man? So the bead without you. Oh, just shut up and just eat your Pringles. All right, here we go. Margaritaville karaoke in a one, two, three, four. Nibbling on sponge cake. Watching the sun bake. All of these tourists covered with oil Strumming my six string On my front porch swing Smell those shrimp and they're beginning to boil Wasted away again in Margaritaville Searching for my lost shaker of salt Some people claim that there's a woman to blame But I know it's nobody's fault 
don't know the reason I stayed here all season Nothing to show but this brand new tattoo But it's a real cutie A Mexican beauty Crap, got it backwards How it got here I haven't a clue Well, they changed the words in concert and life forces So why not? Wasted away again in Margaritaville Searching for my lost shaker of salt Some people claim that there's a woman to blame Now I know Hell, it could be my fault They've gotten some of the words a little backwards and stuff like that, but hey, you know they kind of uh, they do that live live stuff all the time, so it's no big deal. And I played this song one time at our place, and there were a couple of female patients who were going, "Where's the salt? Where's the salt?" <laughs> but anyway, here we go. Almost, almost done. Here we go. I blew out my flip-flop Stepped on a pop-top Cut my heel, had to cruise on back home But there's booze in the blender And soon it will render That frozen concoction that helps me hang on Wasted away again in Margaritaville Searching for my lost shaker of salt Some people claim that there's a woman to blame But I know it's my own damn fault Some people claim that there's a woman to blame But I know it's my own damn fault Yeah! Love that. All right. Now, okay. Want to get into this real quick. Uh, So Larry Flint passed away the other day. 78 years old, and I checked out the movie The People vs. Larry Flint, where he's played by Woody Harrelson. Great movie. Larry had a very interesting life. Uh, He was the publisher of Hustler magazine. Uh, He was a guy who stood by his art. He defended his art to the bitter end, and he got some backlash for it, and they even talk about it in the movie, the time when he got sued by Jerry Falwell. The reverend, the uh, the minister, over a cartoon that w- that ran in Hustler, and Hustler even covered their rear ends by saying, "Hey, this is uh, a parody," and it went it went all the way to the Supreme Court, and Hustler won the case. They won it in the name of freedom of speech. But the thing that baffles me is that uh, thing that kind of baffles me is that. Uh, 
Larry Flint and Jerry Falwell, they became friends after that. Now, I could not ever imagine wanting to be friends with somebody who uh, sued me and tried to screw up my life. I, I could not be friends with somebody who did that. I, I, I don't know exactly how that happened, but okay. And Norm MacDonald was in the movie, and he talked about this in the Howard Stern show at the time when he was on the set of the movie. And, uh, well, I'm just going well, to let uh, Norm tell it. This is an excerpt from the Howard Stern show. This is not part of radio history, by the way. This is just an excerpt from the Howard Stern show. Here we go. This guy, Milos Forman. Yeah, he's yeah. a big director. So he put, he saw me on Saturday Night Live, so he got the idea I was smart. <laughs> yeah, I always you know, Everybody always thought that. Because I'm reading the news yeah. and shit like that. So it's come to that. We go out to eat at Nobu and such shit, right? So I go with him. <laughs> so it's me, him, and two guys from, for, two foreigners. Right. And so these guys know everything, you know? And uh, so they're like, ah, what about uh, the situation in the Balkans or something like that? <laughs> yeah, you're the news. Man. Yeah, so I'm just sitting there like a retard. They know everything, right? right, right. The concern. Yeah. yeah right. So uh, he thought, uh, and I'd just kind of play along like by repeating what they'd said three sentences ago. <laughs> right, yeah. And uh, so anyways, he goes, I put you in a movie, man. I need a guy to, and he was going to give me a big part. Right. So I was like, no, 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 don't do that. Like, I can't act. And he's like, ah, oh, don't worry about it. I go, seriously, Milos, I don't want you to give me a big part. So he's like, oh, what do you want? I go, just get, you know, give me a small part. That'd be cool. So he made me a reporter, right? In this, in this uh, People versus Larry Flint. Right. Okay. Yes. Yeah, I played one of the people. Right. <laughs> so, uh, Originally, I think it sounds like you were about to be Larry, Larry Flint. Flint. Right. Oh my God. Damn, Larry I, I, Flint. I have stories about that fucker right. too. No. But we, uh, so we uh, go to, uh, we do the movie, right? And uh, uh, and I'm a reporter, you know. So he goes, uh, you know, you drive up and get out of the car and run in. I go, well, I can't drive. He goes, oh. <laughs> so he goes, Oops. okay, a cab will drive you. So it doesn't make sense. Like right. a reporter's in a cab. So I get to the. So we do the scene. It's me and Larry Flint, you know? Uh, me and Woody Harrelson. Yeah. So, uh... You know, he has all these cameras. He goes, okay. You know, he goes, you don't have to worry too much about the script. Just, you know, he's a really cool guy. And uh, he goes, uh, just uh, whenever you're ready, do it, you know. So then, anyways, um, uh, Woody Harrelson's really cool. And fucking actors, man, when they're really good, it's like something different. Right. You know? And because uh, I'm just I'm just waiting for the other fucker to stop talking. And hope to God, I remember you're my You're not even line. paying attention. No, I'm just right. hoping to remember my words. So anyways, uh, fucking what's his name? And uh, Woody Harrelson asked me if I want a beer, you know? Mm-hmm. He goes, uh, you want a beer? I go, no, it's cool. I don't, I don't drink, you know? He goes, you don't want a beer? I go, no, I don't drink, but thanks, man. And then I go, uh, you drink? Like, uh, I thought you just smoked weed and all that shit. And then uh, all of a sudden, Milos Forman goes, Cut! What the fuck is going on? <laughs> like, we were in the movie. You didn't know. You didn't know. Well, you he thought he was talking, talking to you. Because he was looking at me and talking like a, a regular person. Oh, there was nothing fake about it. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, gosh. I guess he got caught up in the moment. It happens sometimes. All right. All right. Uh, now, I got a couple of excerpts here. From Larry himself. As a matter of fact, he was actually on the Howard Stern Show a couple of times. One time, he was actually on in 1998. And he was on to talk about... Well, this is actually currently on... Uh, this is currently available currently available on the SiriusXM app. For those of you who have the SiriusXM app, uh, the app or uh, if you want, you can listen online. Uh, go to the Howard Stern section. Click on Channel 101. 
uh, click on Sternology and you want to look for Monday's episode. And Monday's episode, uh, there's a segment where it's Larry Flint and his daughter and a couple of his daughters call in. This one daughter named Tanya who accuses him of molesting her. And her sister Teresa calls in to rebuke what she says. And everyone else pretty much sides with Teresa and Larry Flint saying, no, uh, this woman is a basket case. So if you want, you can go check that out. And uh, so, yeah, go uh, go check it out. And, and Howard even asked uh, Larry, he says, hey, look, when you die, are you going to give any of your money, any of your inheritances to Teresa? And Larry goes, absolutely not. <laughs> Which totally makes sense because, you know, Again, I mean, I, yeah, I mean, I mean, if 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 someone's been accused of molestation, you got to have the evidence to prove it. But anyway, here here here's a clip of Larry Flint talking. Uh, here's a couple of clips of Larry Flint talking about freedom of speech, and I think he's a little extreme in a, in one of his uh, things. But eh, here we go. But what about deeply inflammatory speech? See, this is where I, I slightly take issue with uh, a man's right to free speech. I totally subscribe to I've been a journalist all my life. I was a newspaper editor in Britain for 10 years. I, I get this argument, and I've defended it passionately like you. you but even now, I, I get to the stage where I feel there must be limits. When I see this idiot now. talking about burning the Quran, I think when? there should be something that stops him doing that. I think... They might be talking about Pastor Terry Jones. Terry Jones was a guy in Florida who back in, I think it was 2010 or whenever it was. Yeah, it was September of 2010. He comes out publicly and he says, I'm going to burn the Koran. And he never did. I don't know if it was backlash or if somebody talked him out of it, but either way, he stirred up a lot of controversy of saying, yeah, I'm going to burn the Koran. It's like, bad idea. Anyway, continuing. Now, when I first, the consequences are so serious. When I first started out, I used to buy into my former Supreme Court justice's uh, argument that uh, you can't scream fire in a crowded theater. No, you can't. You, you can't scream fire in a crowded theater because that causes a panic. You can't be doing that. Unless there legitimately is a fire, then, you know, hey, you know, so other precautions will be taken other than some guy just going fire while you're trying to watch, uh, you know, uh, Casablanca or something. Anyway. Well, I think you can. If somebody gets hurt as a result of that, you can prosecute them for Meh, I don't know about that. Uh, I, I, I think he's a little off on that one. The act. But if you start compromising uh, the First Amendment, you're on a slippery slope. Now, I think nothing was more tasteful than that preacher burning the Koran or also the other preacher that was protesting uh, some soldier's funeral where he come home, you know, I mean, those, those are bizarre incidents. But we can't set aside one of the most important things that the framers gave us, uh, free speech, for the purpose of dealing with these idiots. And you believe that they should always be unfettered, that, that there should never be any limits? I don't think you put any limits. I don't think you compromise it. There's certain things in life you don't compromise, and one is free speech. Well, I think, well, up to a point, you know, there's only so much that you can say. Because you can't go on social media or in a public forum and say that you want to do A, B, and C because it's illegal. 
you just you, you can't publicly say that this political figure should be assassinated. You can't. You cannot responsibly say that. And I'm not sure if you could even say that, even if you were just saying it, like like on the air, like 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 a, you know, it just anyway. Anyway, so here's here so here's a clip of Larry talking about the Supreme Court case of him and Jerry Falwell. What a lot of people don't realize is the first 200 years of the history of this country, parody and uh, satire was not protected speech. And it's only when I won the court case uh, with the uh, Reverend Jerry Powell in uh, 1988 that satire and parody became, became protected speech. Yeah, I didn't know that it was that you know that long of a time frame, but still, it's pretty interesting. All right, well, okay, ladies and gentlemen, uh, I'm looking at the clock right now, and I'm not going to have time to get into, oh, you know, I you know, I do not, you know, I don't think I'm going to have time to get into the uh, the George Washington thing. I, I, I don't think I'm going to have time for that, but uh, I would like, but, uh, but, uh, I would like to talk about this because it's a uh, because it's because uh, it's a uh, radio related, and uh, well, this past Wednesday, uh, 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 this past Wednesday, Rush Limbaugh passed away at the age of seventy. It's a result of lung cancer. Now, I personally, I tried listening to his program. I really did because a lot of people were saying because because a lot of the because a lot of uh, other people in the field were saying how great he was, how influential he was, how much of a trendsetter he was, all that stuff. So I tried to give him a fair shake. I, I really did. And within the first five, ten minutes of listening, I kind of figured out what he was all about. And after a while, it just, I don't know, it just like, it just like, it, it didn't really connect with me all that much. It was never really my thing. I vehemently disagreed with him on a lot of things. Uh, course in 2003 there was that controversy when he admitted to being addicted to prescription pain medication he went into rehab but it was uncovered that uh uh there were all these rants he did in the past about how drug addicts are immoral they should all be locked up but he got sent to rehab so there's that whole thing but but there was a different side to the man and uh there was there was a side where he he took his craft seriously but he was able to do it in the manner to where he didn't take himself too seriously. I've always enjoyed that. I've always enjoyed celebrities who are able to make fun of themselves, realize that they're making fun of themselves, and just roll with it. And he was no exception to the role. He was on Family Guy three times. And I got uh, I have a couple of excerpts of him on Family Guy because I don't want to be playing too many Family Guy excerpts of him. Because if, if, uh, uh, if you want, you can check these out for yourself. Uh, the first time I heard him on Family Guy, and I honestly, I honestly thought it was impersonator for a little bit. I thought, I honestly thought it was impersonator, but that, but then I found out it was actually him. So this excerpt comes to this excerpt is from the first Star Wars parody episode they did, the first full length Star Wars episode parody they did called Blue Harvest, and it was called Blue Harvest because when they were working on the original movie back in this back in 1976, whenever it was, I. Uh, they they 
used Blue Harvest as a fake title so that people wouldn't leak any information about it. So here is Rush Limbaugh as uh, uh, doing his radio thing in uh, the Star Wars Family Guy parody. Let's listen to this. WTAT, Tatooine's All Talk Radio. My good friends, the liberal galactic media is at it again. They never stop. Now they're trying to convince us that Hoth is melting. Oh, that's crazy. Just trying to scare us. And if that weren't enough to get you mad, we now have news that Lando Calrissian has been made the chief administrator of the Bespin Mining Facility. <laughs> Gee, I wonder how he got that job. Well, let me tell you how he got that job. Affirmative action strikes again. <laughs> Time is 8.15. <laughs> God. And it all pers- I think it's pronounced B-spin, but either way, hey, look, you know, he, he says it the way he wants to say it and all that stuff. Hey, look, I'm not going to fault the guy for that. Let's see. Where's this other thing here? Uh, this. Okay. All right. Now, this is the episode called, well, funnily enough, it's called Excellence in Broadcasting, which is what EIB stands for, which is what Rush would always talk about on his show. EIB, the EIB Radio Network. That sort of thing, and so here here's two excerpts from the epi- from the episode. This is for 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 well, actually, uh, uh, well, here's 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 an excerpt. Okay, in this first first clip I got here is Brian discovering Rush Limbaugh coming to Quahog. Let's listen. Don't let Brian see. By the way, this is season nine, episode two. By the way, for inquiring minds out there. No one gives a crap. Oh, shut up. Eat your Pringles. Don't let Brian say this. It says here that Rush Limbaugh will be signing books at the Quahog Mall. I have very good hearing. <laughs> oh, I love that. I have very good hearing. <laughs> and he just runs it and then here we go. It continues. He's awful. But I thought Rush Limbaugh is a fictional character played by Fred Savage. Where'd you hear that? Fox News. <laughs> which was an inact- which was in an actual episode uh, called Foxy Lady from season eight of Family Guy. Continuing. Then it's a lie. Everything Fox News. No, 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 wait, no, no, I'm sorry. Season seven. Season seven. Season seven episode, I think it's. 12 I think, yeah i think it's season 12 uh season 7 episode is season season 7 episode 12 anyway continuing everything fox news says is a lie <laughs> i love that drop says is a lie but this one's true mom you saw it with your own eyes and then you reported it on fox news even true things once said on fox news become lies <laughs> I love that. I love that because hey, it's true, and it's wild that set that Fox, the network, broadcast that such a liberal show, and then they and then Fox News is so conservative. Uh, anyway, continuing. Why's Limbaugh coming here? Don't they have bookstores at the Nazi fascist fascist fat camp where he where he go where he where he is a counselor? I tell you what, Brian, if you want, we'll give you another crack at that. This guy single-handedly set political discourse back a hundred years. You know what? I'm going to go down there and give that bastard Limbaugh a piece of my mind. All right. So, so now, now I have it to where it cuts to Brian at the book signing, and he goes to talk to Rush Limbaugh himself. Here we go. Hey, my friend, who should I make this out to? Listen, Limbaugh, my name is Brian Griffin, and I have got something to say to you. Our republic has been bastardized and royally screwed up thanks to you jackasses. You suck, and you're <laughs> terrible, and... 
and and you've you've been divorced several times. That's a valid points you're raising, my friend, and I respect you for raising them. But may I ask you a question? Okay. Have you ever read anything I've written? Well, no, I haven't. But I've read things other people have written about the things you've written, and I do not approve of the things I've read from others about the things they've read from you. Not one bit, sir. <laughs> That's a bit of a, a bit of a long way to go. But in the episode, Limbaugh convinces Brian to at least take the book. No, no I'm sorry. So, so. So Brian leaves. He's he's, he's 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 really like he's he's not having any of it. So so next thing you know, he gets jumped by these thugs. All of a sudden, Rush Limbaugh comes in, starts beating the living tar out of these other guys, and then and then Limbaugh says, "All right, hey Brian, read my book. And if you don't like it, here uh, here I'll even put a slice of bologna in a page, and you, you can you can uh, check you know if you like it, great." So all of a sudden, Brian becomes a radical Republican. And he invites Rush over to dinner, and they're having dinner, and it leads to this funny little tune called uh, Republican Town. I, f I figure I'd share it with y'all. Hang on. Okay, yeah, okay. All right. Yeah, definitely do that. Okay. So, here we go, ladies and gentlemen. Here is, uh, here he, here he is, Rush Limb, uh, here's uh, Republican Town, and uh, Rush even sings a little bit in this. So, uh, sit back, relax, and enjoy. <laughs> I dream of Republican town Where men to the right of the aisle don't back down The streets are aglow with the smell of apple pies And babies come out of the womb in coats and ties Nice place, huh, Rush? It's a paradise, Brian Trees grow from Republican sod And everyone prays to a proper right-wing god Republican Catholics? Yes, indeed there are Republican Muslims? Well, Let's not go too far. No Muslims? There are too many tall buildings. <laughs> They've outlawed all abortions, late or early. It's a sin we can't abide. What if you find a fetus left abandoned? We just take it and we jam it back inside. Oh, yes, because <laughs> I dream of Republican town. The place where the happiest smile is Cheney's frown. I'll bet you a buck you won't find a damn thing wrong. Cause when you come down to it, this is where we all belong. Who else lives here? Oh, big names, Lois. We're watching Republican stars. Like sweet Mickey Rourke and his gorgeous right-wing stars. Chuck Norris is one. And he's got a right-wing beard. John Voigt is another. He's just right-wing weird. His, uh, his daughter's pretty hot, though. At one time, Brian. At one time. <laughs> but how about global warming? It's a snow job <laughs> by Obama and his crew. But aren't all his findings backed by science? Careful, Lois. Now you're sounding like a Jew. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Wow. I love the line. Hang on. Hang on. Oh, hang on. I'm sorry. I got to replay that again. Oh, I just, oh, that, that's, that's too damn funny. Like a Jew. Oh, here's Lois. Backed by science. I found all his findings. Backed by science. Careful, Lois. Now you're sounding like a Jew. Oi. <laughs> oh, 
still love that. Anyway, continuing. We dream of Republican town where Clinton is viewed as a crazy commie clown. A place where America's growing free and strong. Because when you come down to it, this is where we all belong. Oh, gosh, that's fun. Now, here's an excerpt from Rush's show. This is from, now this is not part of Radio History, but I do have something for Radio History, and then I got another Rush Limbaugh deal, which will close out the program. But anyway, here we go. Here is Rush Limbaugh himself. This is from December of 2015, and this was uh, fairly early in the program, and well, here we go. This is actually kind of fun to listen to. I mean, you know, there 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 is, you know, amidst, you know, amidst all of his uh, ramblings, I mean, there's, you know, there was, you know, there's at least some something fun from it. Here we go. Alex Douglas, Georgia, starting on the phones. Great to have you, sir. Hello. Welcome to the program. Thanks, Russ. Uh, great to be here. I just had a question for you. I am a um, very avid fan of the show Family Guy. And I know that they tend to be sort of, you know, more... I think he's writing something in the background. Is he scribbling a note? I don't know. Anyway. To the left as far as their political views go. Sort of. And I know that you've been there, been <laughs> on the show a couple of times. And I was just curious what uh, what drove you to, you know, kind of be on the show. Well, I, it was an opportunity. I've actually been on the show three times, twice with voiceovers as myself that I recorded right here in the studio and just sent them. And the third time, the episode was about me. I was actual star animated. You know, those episodes take a year to do. Did you know that? I did not know that. Wow. It takes, it takes one year to animate every episode. Well, that's for Family Guy, Bob's Burgers, The Simpsons, uh, a lot of the other shows out there, but Hey, South Park does it in six days, <laughs> so beat that. That's that's how much in advance they work and how good they have to be when they get into the world of politics predicting things so that the stuff they do is timely. <laughs> like you kind of snuck that in. He's like, stuff they do is timely, but I mean, it's 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 not all about like timing. But there but there have been instances in which certain cartoons have predicted the future. I mean, you 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 can Google search. Like Family Guy predicts the future, South Park predicts the future, The Simpsons. Almost any cartoon has predicted the future. It's really, really weird. Anyway. Well, I just I got to know Seth MacFarlane in those two previous um, participations that I did, and it was his idea to, to build a show around me. And from what I've heard is that Seth MacFarlane said he got so much hate mail from people. From which asking him, dude, why do you have on why do you have Rush Limbaugh on the show, man? And Seth's like and Seth's like, he was like, Relax, man, it's gonna be good and it turned out really good. And I jumped at the chance because it was a it was an opportunity to to uh, uh reach out beyond this audience and the so-called conservative audience uh, in a in a very popular comedy show. It's a little bit out on the edge. Um, and but and I had some assurances that, that I would be portrayed uh, in, in a certain way and they were and they were honest and uh, they came through on all that. So it was a it was a uh, really fun experience to do. But the, I mean, it was a a I did it because it would be fun. But B, because I thought business wise, it'd be a nice change and a, a way. I mean, that was a pop culture big time hit. I really got along well with Seth MacFarlane and still do. And, well, and I know that uh, both of these, or all of the episodes that you are in are, are very hilarious, and you play a great part in the one episode that that was about you. 
Uh, well, thank. You. It was it was a lot of fun. You know, it's a lot of work. Those those um, voiceover uh, those actors that do voices for animated uh, work. It's really really hard work, uh, and it's just as many takes as if you're doing it on camera. Yeah, from what I've heard, I think animation is like. I think traditionally they do like three takes, and then they just use the best one, or or some guys even go like thirty takes, forty takes. But either way, I mean, like, hey, you know, hey, if it takes a while to get that sound, hey, you got it. But anyway. And Seth is a perfectionist and is really, I, I know Seth politically is, is gone, <laughs> but man, is he talented. I mean, the man has just got more talent. He's got, he's got as much talent as Little Finger Sammy Davis Jr. had. It was, it's just. You know that he actually, he actually does do crooning. He actually um, is a crooner as well, and he has a, a couple of albums, I believe. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think he's got like jazz albums, I think. I'll, I'll check those out sometime because they sound really good. Well, he, he his big Christmas party this year. He had a band and an orchestra, and he sang. Um, he takes over a Christmas channel in Sirius XM every year. Huh. What if he still does that? Oh wow! And, and plays some Christmas tunes, even some that he's uh, he's recorded. Yeah, he's multi-talented, multi-faceted, and uh, you know, he he's he's he was he was a a fun person to work with. He was very supportive. Um, and he he thanked me for putting a lot into it. He said most people come in and don't. And he was uh, so it was it was great. I'd do it any time he asked. You know, I'm actually to be honest with you, Alex. I've been kind of offended he hasn't asked me to be in the Ted movies or his Western movies. <laughs> but I figured I'm not a SAG member, so that that has to be the reason. <laughs> uh, but anyway, yeah. So yeah, so hey, regardless, what do you think of Rush, man? I mean, hey, look, a big name is gone. Not much else to say about it. Uh, actually, okay, hang on a minute. Okay. You know what? You know what? I forgot to... Okay, I forgot to play the uh, the thing about... Uh, okay. The Otto and George thing, real quick. Uh, so, uh, in regards to Larry Flint getting shot, uh, he was paralyzed, and but, uh, it, but it reminded me of this when... Uh, in regards to Pope John Paul getting shot, it, it, this is a quick thing from Otto and George. Here it is. Remember when the Pope got shot? Then he goes to jail and visits the guy who shot him. George, he's the Pope. They forgive. No, he's the Polish Pope. The guy's Polish. If he was Italian, he would have shot back. You gotta have an Italian Pope. They know what to do in the shootout. Everyone fucking dies. I can't go for a walk in my own fucking neighborhood. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. That's great. All right. Real quick, radio history. Real quick. Dive into it. Here we go. Get on the microphone in a serious manner. The Howard Stern Show. Hey, now. The Phil Hendry Show. Oh, I love Hendry. And all the other radio shows in between. Have a bad night. <laughs> it's time for radio history with Lawrence Ross. All right, uh, from February 22nd, 2002 on the Phil Hendry Show, R.C. Collins called in to talk about how he and his buddies were code-bluing a guy, and that basically means they were holding some dude down and farting on him, and they think that's a really awesome way to uh, combat terrorism. Uh, here's an excerpt. Uh, it's from world-famous disc number two, cut number ten. Here's a short excerpt. Let's listen to this. Could you tell me, is it USMC? When I got the tattoo, they put USCM. What an wow. idiot. I thought it was United States Corps of Marines. You're a moron. <laughs> oh, that's great. That's a great line. The whole bit is just funny as heck. So 
Ch- check it out sometime if you can. Uh, you can go to uh, philhendryshow.com, P-H-I-L-H-E-N-D-R-I-E show.com, and you can uh, check it out there. All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that's going to do it for me. I'm Lawrence Ross, and uh, thanks for tuning in. Uh, if you you're checking out the podcast or if you're catching this live on uh, or if you're catching this on the replay on tf52.com uh, again thanks so much for listening everybody greatly appreciate it and now I'm going to close the show out with another uh, Rush Limbaugh themed uh, thing uh, this is from the uh, comedian Bill Hicks uh, and I just want to let everybody know right now it's very dark it's very disturbing but if you're into that kind of humor then you'll enjoy it. But if not, well, <laughs> uh, you probably won't enjoy it. But either way, uh, this is what I'm going to be closing the show out with because it's uh, uh, anyway. All right. Well, thanks for tuning in, everybody. Good Lord willing in the creek don't rise. Tell somebody you love that you love them and mean it. And I'll see you next Friday. Bye bye, everybody. Take care. Have a good weekend. Be good to each other. Bye bye. I was watching Rush Limbaugh the other day. Doesn't Rush Limbaugh remind you of one of those gay guys who likes to lay in a tub while other men pee on him? see his fat body in a tub while Reagan, Quayle, and Bush just just stand around pissing on him and he can't, his little piggly wiggly dick can't get hard. Uh, uh, I can't get hard. Reagan, pee in my mouth. Well, how's that, Rush? Still can't get hard, so they call in Barbara Bush. She takes her pearls off, puts them up his ass, then squats over him, undoes her girdle. Her wrinkled, flaccid labia unfolds halfway down to her knees like some ballless scrotum. She squeezes out a link into his mouth. Finally, his dick gets half hard. A little clear bubble forms on the end with a maggot inside. The maggot pops the bubble and runs off and joins a pro-life group somewhere. Am I the only one that sees that or I'm not? Thank God I'm not alone. Thank God I had the insight to notice Rush Limbaugh is a scat muncher. He munches scat. Jesus, Bill. I'm so proud of that little dark poetry there. Started, I came up with the word scat muncher and it went from there, and I just immediately thought of Rush. You are the motherfucking Antichrist! You've been listening to The Lawrence Ross Show. Email the show, blindlawrence at gmail.com. There's a letter in your mailbox. Follow him on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, all ending in forward slash blindlawrence. Be careful of the fucking
Berlin Wall! Check out his YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash Lawrence Ross. Become a fan of the show on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Ross 1987 I'll send your shiny happy ass a friend request. Rate and subscribe to the show on iTunes or follow the show on Spotify. Search Lawrence Ross. Get out and take your sack of your weird dollars with you. This week's edition of the Lawrence Ross Show Yikes! has just hit the brakes. Keep your ugly fucking gold bricking ass out of my beach community. You lose! Good day, sir! I was making radio shows for fun. Everybody does it. Everybody I know does. Shut up! And baba booey to y'all. <laughs>